Welcome to the Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Priority Now is hosted by Carmen Halsey of the Illinois Baptist State Association. Hi, ladies, and welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast. We have back with us Miss Nelda Smothers. If you joined us last week, you heard a conversation um, between me and Miss Nelda, and the conversation was so rich, I just didn't want to cut it short. I wanted you guys to be able to hear as much as you could and to be able to glean from it. Um, You know, you're going into the assisted living. And, you know, to somebody listening, that may sound really simple. And I'm sitting here thinking that is no different. You going on than when God cleared visas and passageways and brought you to China for the first time, you know, or any of those other countries, um, because we're in the middle of a pandemic when you're not allowed, nobody's allowed in anywhere. And for you to say you were extended an invitation and coming in, you know, again, there's, there's that gift of hospitality. You're going in to build relationships. It's an intentionality to build relationships with those folks so that you have a chance to use your stories, to use the exercise, to, to talk legacy, to share the gospel. But at the same time, it's clearly God, God gave the gift. It's clearly him manifesting himself through you because he's the one that opened the door to put you there. Right. You know, and right. sometimes now to, um, that's what I mean by living life intentionally. Sometimes I think we just miss what's in front of us um, and they're miracles. They're miracles in themselves. It's clearly God parting the way for us, but we sort of just overlook them or take them for granted because sometimes we compare it to maybe what we think it should look like to be God part in the Red Sea or maybe somebody else's story. Um, Does that make sense when I say that? Does that resonate or? Yes. And do you know, When we do something, even though it really was so minor, an example of that is when my husband and I were early 20s and we had moved to California to teach out in the valley and the Baptist children's home wanted children to have an invitation for Christmas. And we didn't have children. And so we invited a girl to come and she was a little Japanese girl. And she spent the Christmas week with us and um, we enjoyed it immensely. But I want you to know, it's only been two Christmases now this past that I have not received a card from her. Now, can you imagine? I was 20 years, maybe 25 at the most, and now I'm 85. So that's 60 years ago, that one little week of having a little girl from the children's home meant enough that she would write me every year. Every year. You know, it meant a lot to us at the time, but through the years, it faded but it never faded in her mind. And there again, the gift of hospitality. Ladies, if you're listening, that's the difference in the gift versus just doing something because we feel we have to do it. That She made that girl feel at home. She, she was not a stranger. She was family. It was a connection. She had access to your life, which demonstrates perfectly how, what, what, what the outcome of that gift expressed brings you know that's perfect now that makes me um, remember Keith and I lived in Sherman most of our adult married lives there was a young couple from Portugal or no that's that's not true they were from Brazil spoke Portuguese that's right and they lived across the street they come with Monsanto and lived there for a little bit and she couldn't speak English she could so we got to know her a little bit and one day I was out walking just a sweaty mess can I say that just a sweaty mess on a Sunday or Saturday morning and she we'd been speaking to her and and she'd invited me in for coffee. Now, now that I have coffee all the time with neighbors and said, get you a cup of coffee. But I went in and she had her 
formal dining room table set in what I call these little espresso cups on her tray. And she had like prepared, like was ready to serve me. And um, I went, you know, and I just was in the moment. I mean, all of me in my Saturday morning sweat, non-showered, you know, but I went and she treated me like such a guest. But out of that coffee came an opportunity. They were going through um, fertility um, treatments to have a child. And she need, of course, I'm a nurse. She needed some shots, just some shots periodically. And she asked me, it was something she couldn't do for herself. And when she was talking about it, I said, I'd be more than happy to help you with that. And I gave her maybe, maybe three to four shots over the course of that. And what you said, totally, she, she eventually got pregnant for years, for years after that on Mother's Day, I would get a call or a message and she would call to thank me because in her mind that played such a huge part in her becoming a mother. And it's just, it was just something that I wasn't, not, not that I wasn't in the moment, but I was just taken for granted. You know, it was just something you did, you know, it's just something you did. But that's what I mean that I think when we have eyes, that, um, that panoptic view, when we have eyes to say, why is God allowing this opportunity so that we acknowledge that he's in it? And then, you know, we come at it with that posture of expecting him to, him to do something so that, so that he's glorified through it. Well, Carmen, uh, the second trip that I went to China to teach English for a summer, we got to China and they put me as a roommate with a girl, lady named Louise, that was from Sevierville, Tennessee. Well, how coincidental, some people would say, my father-in-law was a Baptist preacher and he had gone to Sevierville to the Baptist Academy oh when he was a young man. And uh, he and his uh, brother also was a preacher and they went there with their families and they were at the Baptist Academy there. Well, this gave us something in common as we began. When we started having classes, one girl was in my class that her brother was there and he really kind of hung around us. In fact, he put himself in my afternoon class and um, just would come by our room. And he had such interest and he wanted to come study in the States, but he never really pounded on that. He talked about he wished his dad, who worked for the government, could have some opportunity to come to America. So one day I had the thought, well, it would be really nice that we called him James, if James could come study at the Baptist Academy. But then I thought, Nelda, you can't say that because Louise lives up there and it'd be nice for you to suggest it, but you're suggesting a project for Louise and you don't have that right. So I didn't say anything. In a few days, Louise says to me, Nelda, you know, the academy would be a good place for James. We said, oh, <laughs> we, we agreed that God was in it. So we invited his dad to our apartment and a room. And uh, we explained to him that James would, it was a Christian academy and that James would have to uh, go to Bible classes but it would we would get a scholarship if we could and his dad had no problem because they were so eager to get ahead putting all of us christian teachers there to teach was like putting something volatile in a bottle and trying to keep it there <laughs> so his dad agreed and we came home from there in uh, late august and uh, i was at the international airport in uh, tennessee meeting him for the beginning of the fall semester because the Baptist Academy is 
director had the same vision that we did. And this was the first mainland Chinese student for that academy. It's a boarding school. Uh-huh. And uh, he excelled and uh, did well and gave his heart to Christ. And his sister that was a couple of years younger, I had met her when I was teaching there. So she came. And so we had that brother graduating. And then when his sister was graduating, she was valedictorian of the academy class. And the uh, academy director put on a letterhead that her parents would be honored guests at the graduation if they could come. So the Chinese government paid for their trip for the husband and wife to come to the academy for the daughter's graduation. Mm -hmm. And the conversation just built and built and built into where uh, we have a strong friendship. I've been in their home in China and they were friends with them. But it all was because of reaching out, because of God blessing, because God wanted this done. And I didn't have this agenda, neither did she, but he had it. So on and on and on, if I reach out and extend a hand of love, I in turn am given a blessing and an encouragement to keep on trying to find somebody else. I love that. I feel like I'm sitting here listening to Henry Blackaby you know, kind of, kind of telling the story that peaks and it's like, and then God provided him and then God did this. And that's the beauty. He does. Isn't that the beauty of being 85? Because you can look backwards and see the ends of some of those stories, you know, or where some of the dots actually connected. Um, And again, ladies, if you're listening in, I hope you find encouragement. You know, that again, the reason for inviting guests and sharing our stories, just us, you know, Illinois Baptist women, I hope you find encouragement because you may be to where you think God's moving, but but you may, or or you think he's moved, but you just don't see the dots connecting yet. And I would say be encouraged and stay in the game because God is working. And Nelda, you said um, it was just volatile to have all those Christian, you know, teachers there together. And it was kind of, you know, funny. You were saying that to be humorous, but true. And isn't that the way God works? When God's working, he moves his people to where the work's going on. And this is the story of, you know, a young student But look at the ripple effect that happens, which is why, ladies, we have to take our gifts serious and let God let God utilize them. Because remember, it's God himself manifesting him through us as that spiritual gift. But so many times we think it's us, friends. And that's where I would encourage you, lift your head up and you have to get back to the altar and stay on the altar and realize it's not us. We are the vessel that we're showing up for God himself to express himself through us. And when we start to think, Carmen, you're not smart enough, or Carmen, you're not confident enough, or Carmen, you don't have enough in the retirement account, that's when we're, we're basically, it's, it's nothing short of disobedience if God's calling us to do something, but we are limiting that next story. You know, we, we, God doesn't need us. He invites us and we're humbled. You know, he invites us. But we, we don't want to be barriers to what God is doing because of our own insecurities. Now, I am so grateful for you and grateful for you. I'm grateful for your life and your friendship, but grateful for you sharing, you know, more of your story today so that the ladies could, could hear and, and be encouraged, but also learn from that. Learn from that. What you did hasn't been easy. And um, it's, it's easier to sit here and listen to the stories. And it's probably easy at 85 because, like I said, you can see where some of those dots connected. But when you were living it out, my gut tells me there wasn't anything easy. You might have had peace, but that doesn't mean it was easy. No, Carmen, uh, 
when I was going to go to Africa the second time, those extended stays, uh, I told my oldest daughter, I said, I have something to tell you. She said, well, I have something to tell you too. And I said, well, what is it? And she said, no, you go first, mom. So I told her, I said, well, I've been invited to go to Burkina Faso. Well, when, mom? And I was going to be going at the end of March. And I said, and this was back in the fall. And I said, uh, and, and what are you going to tell me? She said, well, I'm going to have your second grandchild. I said, when? She said, in May. And uh, she had gotten into uh, some high blood pressure and toxic something the last few uh, days of her first pregnancy. Uh And uh, I, you know, was concerned for her, but every time I'd open my Bible and Bible study, the verses would all go back to he that loves mother and father more than me is not worthy of me. And on and on those kinds of verses. And so I knew I had no choice but to go on and go to Africa. And uh, she she was fine with that too. And I went to Africa. When I got to Africa, the um, the missionary said, well, said you could have extended and delayed, and we would have accepted you to have waited till after the baby was born. But I knew that one what God was doing. He was testing my faith. Mm-hmm. Would I trust in my ability to give her good health and that baby good health? And could I do something that he couldn't do? Or could I go and be obedient and... Uh, it again was uh, the lessons of legacy for my children to know that you don't put what you think first. And even though we're failed and lots of times more than we'd want to admit, mm-hmm. but the times that we're having to learn that step out, another step out thing that the Lord showed me, um, it's just older you get, you have more step out stories, Carmen. That's why I love talking to you. It encourages me to hear those step out stories. <laughs> We were having a Henry Blackaby Experiencing God class at our church and a group of our ladies, WMU friends. And uh, at that time, there was a farm in our area about 10 miles from where we are that had Mexican farm workers come and they'd been coming for two or three years. And uh, I'd had it on my mind since we had uh, done some work with Hispanics in California that I wanted to go out there and I wanted to have a witness with those men. But I didn't speak Spanish and our church didn't have any plan for that or anything. But as we studied that uh, experiencing God, you know, it brings you where God is at work. It tells you to join in. Mm -hmm. And so the director of missions was our teacher and we talked about it and he encouraged us. And so we got together a nice uh, potluck American dinner and we planned for the state uh, uh, Hispanic worker who at that time was Pete Rivera, and he would come preach. And then we had a, a man and his wife in our church that he'd been an exchange student and studied Spanish, and they learned to sing a hymn or two in Spanish. So we planned a, a big party out in the field, put up tables at the labor camp. Mm-hmm. And it was like a one big night stand we planned. And we didn't know to plan anything else or have any other plans. And that night when Pete gave the invitation, 50 of those men came forward and said they wanted to live for Christ. Wow. Well, we knew the director of missions that had been our teacher. We knew that God was at work. We were praying and he 
check down at Mid-Continent at the Bible College and it told them to pray for us. Well, a young Hispanic man who lived up at 90 miles from here said, I'll come preach every week. And he did. Well, we wanted to have gifts for them and have a very unbirthday party, uh, cake for every month and all this. So we're getting gifts. So with no budget, you go to businesses and say, can you give me your cap from your thing? So we're <laughs> and so uh, a call comes to the church one day and somebody says, we want to be a part of that. Our church is not very far from there and we could help. Well, who who you want to talk to well that lady that was down asking for caps and our secretary <laughs> said well, i know who that is and then a lady comes up to me in church one night and whispers in my ear and she said nelda she said is a man that's our friend and he used to live down in uh west texas and uh he's very good in spanish but he's methodist but he would help you out there and i said well they don't have to be baptist to help us okay. and so God is gathering. Well, then, Illinois Baptist, we present a little news article, and a banker in Heron, Illinois, which is near Carbondale, uh -huh. sends money down for us to pay for food because we wanted to have food for them uh, on the weekends. Well, then we wanted to invite them to our churches, but a very unheard of thing, the company that they work for paid for a driver and a big bus to bring them to whatever church we wanted to bring them to on Sunday. Oh my, oh my. God wanted oh this. Oh my God. We only had a plan. Our plan was so little. We were going to go one time. We were going to take one dinner and we were going to feel good that we thought we'd done something for God. <laughs> and God was putting that in our heart to give us a nudge because he had this big thing. Well, this went on until the government claimed that as a wetland and the men no longer came, but we had men that were saved. One man, bless his heart, his story was, he came back year after year and he said, well, when I was in Florida working, they were migrants and they followed the crops. When I was in Florida working, I learned how to drive fast cars and drink. And you and I came up here and y'all taught me about Jesus. Oh, that's precious. It is just what my business director said on his uh, piece of leather. He had this embossed into that leather in his office. It's not my ability. It's my availability that God wants. Oh. And, that, and that has really stuck with me. That is huge. That is huge. That, that is just huge. I'm, I'm just in awe because I do two or three times now. And there again, I feel like I'm sitting here interviewing Henry Blackaby. You could fit right into one of his videos, just telling the story and the way it works. And because it is, you just, there is something special about having, I used your words, you know, um, our step out stories, you know, because God is, you know, he, he, that's how we build our faith when we step out and we trust. And then when we, I think the awe moment, and I think, can I just be transparent? My intimacy moments with God, where I'm really growing in intimacy moments with God is that's his revelation moments where I get to see him. But like you said, when it's like, if you just trust me, if you'll just trust me, even though I may not hear him saying that, you know, you know, he's working. So you step in no matter how little you think it is. And it, it just, it just brings me my, to my knees, Nelda, 
when I can just see him in it and to think that, that it's, it's like, he just said, come dance with me on this, you know? And it's just like, he choreographed it as we went. And it's always something so beautiful and something so bigger than us and nothing we could have ever dreamt or planned. And the satisfaction and the peace and just the humbling that you get when you get to experience that, oh, it's, it just transforms you and it's contagious. You know, it's just contagious. So goodness, goodness. Nelda, I am grateful for you spending some time with us today and sharing some of your life and your story with Illinois Baptist Women. As we close, if you could speak one word, just one closing word to the, to the women across Illinois, what would that be to encourage them today? Probably don't look in, but look up because I limit myself. I limit my opportunities. I limit God. I um, trust my ability. I fail. I feel depressed. I feel lonely, but none of that is part of his will for me. So ladies, let's not look in, but look up. Mm, That's well-spoken friend. Well-spoken. Thank you. Thank you, Nelda. I'm grateful to you, friend. Very grateful. All right, ladies, if you're listening, remember, you're not on this journey alone. God doesn't mean us to journey alone. We learn from each other. We encourage each other. So if you're not already connected to us, get connected. You can follow us on Facebook at Illinois Baptist Women. If you're one on Instagram, we're at at Illinois Baptist Women, or check us out on our website at ibsa.org backslash women. And ladies, I'll see you here next Friday on the Priority Now podcast. Thank you for listening to the Priority Now podcast. Please continue to join us on the journey to know Christ and make Him known.